What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena. I'm Griffin Zenick, joined alongside my co-host, Devin Bernstein, and we're back. NFL playoffs underway now, the divisional round. Uh, set the you know, first kick uh, of the weekend is, I believe, in five hours or so uh, between the Texans and the Ravens from when we're filming this. Um, the NBA, we had some trades this week. Pascal Siakam now an Indiana Pacer. We're going to catch up on some other NBA news as well uh, from the past few weeks. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's been a uh, another good week. Um, you know, Antonio Pierce, now the full-time head coach of the Raiders as well. So congrats to him. Well-deserved. Uh, but we're going to start with the NFL and uh, the wild card round. Kind of, you know, from a pure competitive game standpoint, not the best weekend outside of Lions-Rams, but um, some good games and some surprises nonetheless. And we'll kick things off with the first game of the week, Houston and the Browns. We both had the Browns in this one, I believe. Um, and boy, were we wrong. I mean, I don't think I would have predicted, you know, Cleveland's defense giving up that many points. I mean, they just got absolutely picked apart by C.J. Stroud, who has quickly and firmly established himself, it feels like, as a top 10 quarterback. Maybe even higher, top five, you could probably argue at this point, which is crazy. Um, yeah, 45 to 14, the Flacco magic runs out. He throws two pick sixes. I mean, a bit of a nightmare at the end, but your thoughts overall on this game um, and kind of, you know, why you think the Texans were able to get it done? Yeah, I mean, the Texans are just, they just can't stop surprising me at this point. Yeah. I mean, like, Stroud, like you said, I mean, there's nothing you can, there's, you know, besides saying he's better than Mahomes and, and, you know, probably like a Lamar, maybe an Allen, but besides those guys, it's like, I could hear out an argument that he's in that top five art, like group right now, which is so rare and crazy to think of because to be honest, when Stroud was coming out, I, I didn't think he was someone who would ever be a top five guy. I thought he would be good, but I just didn't think he had the the arm, the, you know, the play extension ability. But, you know, I think the best way to put it with Stroud is this is just this is Georgia game Stroud and we get it every yeah. week. Um, It's it's just it's awesome. I mean, he has. First of all, I, I, I've never been so. I wouldn't say misled because part of this is my own scouting, but I mean, his arm is just way stronger than it was advertised as like, he just throws these moon balls 60 yards down the field with like no problem. Like he's got a great arm. He has some of the best touch in the NFL. He's, you know, always knows how to, extend the play when necessary, but he doesn't leave the pocket too early very often, which is, that's a a very tough middle ground to find for veteran quarterbacks, let alone rookies. Um, And he's athletic enough. Like everything is good here with Stroud. And it's like, you've, you're obviously missing tank Dell, but Nico Collins is like a true number one receiver. It looks like Um, this line is pretty good. And their pass rush is pretty strong. Um, you know, the, the Browns tackles are, are, are not, you know, starters or backups even really. They're like string guys. Um, I don't even really, I know one of them was 
maybe like a Hubbard or like a Lake. Yeah, like I think James Hudson. James Hudson. Yeah, I don't even or know. Two randos, yeah. But I think one of them got hurt, maybe two or, or I don't know. Well, Betonio got hurt, I guess. So that's yeah. what I'm thinking of probably. Um, so a bit of a mess there, but it's like you've got Grenard who had I think 12 sacks and Will Anderson who's yeah. been really good as a rookie. Um, Stingley is is getting better. Uh, this is a team that has a lot of cap space. Um, so you know, just a ton of optimism going forward for the Texans who now cemented that they will have a lower pick from their first round pick than the Browns pick, which to me means something because, you know, they chose to give up their own pick as opposed to the Browns pick in that trade up for Will Anderson. And I was like, what's the world where they're better than the Browns? And apparently it's this world. Um, So before I go on for too long, you know, I, I just can't be more impressed by the Texans for the Browns. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is what happens when, you know, you're down to your fourth quarterback of the year. Um, I would I would say I was more surprised by their defensive performance than their offensive performance. Uh, tough game for the secondary. Uh, you know, some missed coverages, um, yeah. some bonus assignments, stuff like that. that you just can't be having in a playoff game when you're that reliant on your defense. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a little bit closer than the score suggested. You know, two pick sixes. It was close at, you know, around half. I mean, like, look, this is the Browns. They've built a great team, but they needed, you know, to have a healthy and good quarterback. And it's like they couldn't get consistently healthy and good quarterback play, which is just it's really tough to win in this league when you don't have that, Um, especially when you're paying a guy a ton of money. Uh, you know, especially next year and the coming years when the roster is going to be much harder to keep together. Um, I'd want to say it's a bleak outlook for the Browns, but it kind of is because they're going to be in in a tough cap situation. Um, I I don't know. I just I don't see them being better than this year unless their quarterback situation improves, which I feel like is semi unlikely. Um, I kind of feel like Deshaun is, is just is what he is at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, good season for the Browns, but it's still a little bit like, uh Oh, like we kind of yeah. need to win this year. Um, and yeah, as for the Texans, we'll talk about it more with our game predictions, but like, I mean, they, they have a chance in this game. Like, I, I, I really believe that. Like, I may pick the Ravens, but I don't – I'm not disrespecting the, the Texans at this point. Um, I just – you just can't – you just can't overstate how awesome this has been. This is just so fun to watch as an NFL fan. And I I would be – it would be so cool to see a quarterback – a rookie quarterback in the Super Bowl. Uh that that's my final thoughts on this game. What about you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I was pulling for Cleveland, tough one, but um, you know, the Texans just outplayed them. You know, they were ready. Um, you know, I think the Browns kind of injuries just finally caught up to them a little bit. You know, the tackles, obviously, you're down like your first three, four tackles. That's a problem. You know, the running game was non-existent in this one for them, which you know, for the last few years with Chubb has been their staple. Um, so it just, you know, it put a lot of pressure on Flacco, which, you know, I was just like, you knew the interception or two was coming like with him and like, you accept that. And, you know, I don't think he was terrible. He started off playing pretty well. Um, 
you know, that defense, I mean, they just didn't give them a chance at the end of the day, you know, it, blown coverages. I mean, you know, outside of JOK, like no one on that defense really, you know, put up a strong performance. Miles Garrett was held in check. Like it was a disappointing performance for sure. Um, for Houston, um, yeah, Stroud's just that guy. Like he really is. Um, he is, uh, it's, it's crazy how good he is. And, uh, you know, the future there is just so bright. I mean, they're going to be really good for a really long time. I think they've, you know, for a long time or last few years, at least with, you know, the Jaguars, everyone was, you know, had the idea at least that they were going to run that division for a while. And it's, you know, they had one year at the top and now it's all of a sudden you got CJ Stroud there and it feels like, you know, he's just, you know, miles above the pack and, Obviously, you've still got Will Levis. You've still got Anthony Richardson. So that division is going to be really competitive. But it feels like the Texans are in a very good spot. Like you mentioned with the cap space, um, you know, it seems like the players really love D'Amico Ryans. I think they're, you know, not going to have a hard time getting people there to Texas. You got the, the low taxes. Like, I think uh, it's a desirable place to be at the end of the day. And I think the culture there is is great. I mean, I think you just see it. And like you mentioned with the trade, like, on draft night, when that trade went down, I could not believe that the Texans gave up their own first round pick. Like I was, because I, you know, I thought Stroud would be good, but I just, you know, the rest of the roster didn't really seem to be complete whatsoever. Um, and I, I really did think, I think we both did thought that pick was going to be, you know, top five, at least top ten. And now the fact that it's, you know, going to be the Cleveland pick is better than their own is just crazy. So, props to them. You know, it, it kind of felt like almost like you said. Uh, you know, that this was kind of the Browns year, you know, they, they put a lot together. Obviously, Andrew Barry, I think is one of the best at uh salary cap manipulation him. And I don't know the saints GM, but that guy's a wizard. Um, yeah. He's, yeah, he's uh, ridiculous. Um, so, you know, if anyone can figure it out, it's probably Andrew Barry. So I think Cleveland will, will figure it out. They'll be okay. But yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that core is aging. Miles Garrett, you know, Chubb's now got the, the – who knows, you know, how good Nick Chubb's going to be, unfortunately. Um, Deshaun, you know, we're now in year three of the deal next year. We still don't know if he can play, uh, which is not good. Um, so a lot of answers for Cleveland. But for Houston, just, you know, even if they lose, what a season. The future's so bright. And, um, yeah, I mean, they're going to be – they're going to be – a very good team. I mean, the AFC has got some incredible quarterbacks. I mean, compared to the NFC, it's pretty pretty crazy how it feels like they all end up in the AFC. But um, I wonder, I guess Caleb will probably be in the NFC. Yeah. Unless the Patriots trade up, uh, which maybe that'll happen. I don't know. It's crazy. Um, moving along. Chiefs, Dolphins. Um you know, this game, obviously, the cold weather kind of, I think, took the, the forefront of the news. But, you know, Kansas City looked good. I mean, they, they defensively, they did what they've done all the year. Um, I mean, they've got a really great defense. And offensively, uh, Rasheed Rice, 130 yards. Kelsey, seven catches, 71 yards. You know, he had a few drops. But, look, I think everyone was going to drop some balls in that weather. The ball was probably rock solid. So, you know, I think that's not something to worry about. Uh, Mahomes, you know, didn't turn over the ball. It's a really good performance from him. Tua, on the other hand, uh, just really felt like he couldn't get it going. Um, you know, just just a bad game from Miami all around. Your thoughts on this one? I mean, it wasn't really 
competitive per se. It felt like the Chiefs were kind of always in the driver's seat. But your thoughts on this and kind of just the end of the Dolphins season, which obviously did not go very well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I go back to the beginning of the year when I think it was our first podcast episode and I said I didn't think the Dolphins would be very good. And I looked so stupid from that, you know, especially around the Broncos game. Yeah. But it's like, I think my concerns were pretty warranted. Um, You know, you got a full healthy season out of Tua, but he really slowed down the second half of the year. Um, He really struggles to make plays when, you know, things break down. He's great in the structure of the offense, but just the playmaking gene is not quite there. He doesn't quite have the athleticism, doesn't have the arm, doesn't have the, you know, the wherewithal to know when, exactly when to leave the pocket whatever it's not easy obviously he's still a good quarterback but that hurts um and this defense ultimately was just super super banked up they were missing their top three edge rushers they were starting like melvin ingram and justin off the edge like that's crazy um yeah i i don't know i think the dolphins are an interesting spot it feels like probably let Tua play out the year on the fifth year deal and then you you reevaluate it next season. Um I I wouldn't be comfortable giving him a big contract, man. That that's all I can say. Um yeah. as for the Chiefs, like you know, seeing Kelsey get going a little bit and seeing Rasheed Rice really dominate, seeing Mahomes in the cold weather, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Like, <laughs> we're back. Um, You know, but we'll get more into it with the divisional game, but this is Mahomes' first road playoff game. Like, this is insane. Um, That's just an insane stat. I think I might have brought it up yeah. last week, but I'll continue to bring it up. Um, I mean – I I I don't know. The Chiefs defense is really, really good. They're going to keep them in every game, and you have the best quarterback in the world. You have one of the best tight ends, one of the best safety blankets in the world, and you have this up-and-coming slot receiver with a pretty solid offensive line. Like They ran the ball a lot. They were committed to the run, which is something Andy Reid struggled with You know, as long as I can remember back when he was the Eagle, Eagles coach. He wouldn't commit to the run with LaShawn McCoy. Um, you know, I, I just... You don't want to count the Chiefs out, man. That's that's all I'm gonna say. I kind of did a little bit in my head as true Super Bowl contenders, but in in this year where it feels like kind of anyone could come out of the AFC, I just I still feel like they've got a real shot here. Um, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, I think they're you know you watch that game and you're like, okay, yeah, like I I I mean you don't want to buy into it too much, but like. There's just something about this team, I think, come, you know, January, February, where they just they just know there's so many guys on this team that just had the experience. Even the guys who have been there for a year. I mean, they played in the Super Bowl last year. So it's like these guys all have experience. They know what they're doing. Um, and it's where Mahomes shines. And I think this weekend will be super interesting going to Buffalo. I think that's, you know, that's as tough a spot as you could be. Um, obviously, you know, weather-wise, the Chiefs are used to it. So it's not going to be, you know, I think there might be snow or, or – there's snow on the field now or something. I, I don't know. It's Buffalo. I mean, they're the, the Bills Mafia is out there shoveling. But, um, you know, I think this weekend will be super interesting. But 
look, they looked good. I still think this team desperately needs help at wide receiver in the offseason. I think they know that. Uh, but Rasheed Rice is one of the ones. He's going to be a really good player for a really long time. Um, you know, I think his stats probably get a little inflated because he's basically the only one that can catch the football. Um, but he's a really good player. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, I think they'll, I think the game against the Bills, I mean, it's these two teams feels like they match up every year in the playoffs and it's a, it's a classic. So I'm excited for that game. Um, I think it's what tomorrow night's game, the nightcap. Yeah. Um, so we got to wait a little, a little bit for that one. For Miami, um, you know, disappointing, really disappointing end of the season after the start. I think the story of it is just they just weren't good enough to beat the, the big team. You know, they just couldn't get it done against the elite of the uh, the elite of the NFL at the end of the day. They were really good against, you know, that middle tier and, and below. But, you know, they just weren't on that level. And, you know, does it come down to quarterback play? You know, Tua in those big games. Um, you know, I don't want to bash on them too much. I think this week with the weather, like, you know, when you're a team from Miami, like, and you're playing in those conditions, like that is a problem. And it's like, you know, you're kind of screwed. Like there's not much you can really do to prepare, especially, you know, Tua played at Alabama and then he went to Miami. So Tua is not a guy that's played many cold weather games. Um, so I do like give him somewhat of a pass for this week because I don't think it's all his fault. Um, but just throughout the season, it just felt like in the big moment, you know, that Tennessee game comes to mind, which, you know, they're not even that good, but just down the stretch, like in that last drive, just like kind of was a disaster. Like, I just don't think he has the clutch gene um, or we've seen that. We haven't seen that in the NFL. And I think that's a huge problem. Uh, I think that's the reason why they, you know, weren't able to win the division and yeah, obviously got blown out here. Uh, but the future is still bright. You know, Tyree Kill is still there. He's a great player, obviously. Waddle, um, you know, I would assume that A-Chain takes over the backfield next year, mostly. Um, you know, Mostert is kind of old, so um, it's kind of remarkable he was doing what he was doing at age 31. But, um, you know, they got a lot of talent. I think defense is, you know, they got to fill in the middle gaps. You know, you have the big names. You've got the Jalen Ramseys, the Bradley Chubbs, the, you know, Xavier Howards. Jalen Phillips has kind of become one of those guys, Christian Wilkins. Um, but I just think that middle kind of tier of guys is not good enough. And, you know, that defense, you know, especially at the end, obviously, when you had all those guys, you know, the torn Achilles or ACLs or whatnot. But, um, you know, I think some slight improvement on the defense would be good. And, you know, this offense has just got to figure it out in the big moment um, because they haven't proven that they can. And, you know, Tyree Kill, too. Not to bash him, but it just felt like, you know, he started off so hot. And maybe that's like what you said, like the Dolphins got out to this roaring start and then they kind of sputtered. And it felt like that kind of corresponded with Tyreek's, you know, yards and receptions kind of going down. And I'm not saying that Tyreek's fault, but I'm just I think they got to, you know, probably should have made a more even more of an effort to get Tyreek the ball because I think he's just that good. And obviously, I know he dealt with some in the injuries towards the end of the year, but. Um, I don't know, just a random thought. Um, but I think we can move on to the next game, which is one that I think you're going to enjoy to pa talking about. Packers, Cowboys, absolute stunner. I mean, it was 27 to 7 and a half. Um, just a blowout. Green Bay, Jordan Love, another, another one of them ones. I mean, this guy is a stud too. Um, put up like the exact same stat line as, as Stroud, which is kind of freaky. Um, 
But he had a huge game. Aaron Jones, three touchdowns. They're finally using him. We kind of talked about that. Um, it took an A.J. Dillon, A.J. Dillon being hurt for Aaron Jones to finally see the ball. So <laughs> that's good for the Baggers. Um, Jair had a pick. I mean, that was awesome. Romeo Dobbs, 150 yards. You know, obviously Green Bay, you know, huge upset. First seven seed ever win in the playoffs. Your thoughts on that, but also obviously, I mean, Dallas, I think, is the story. They are keeping Mike McCarthy, per the, per the reports out there. Um, but just one, what went wrong for Dallas in this one? Because, you know, I don't think anyone expected them to lose at home, you know, after going undefeated there this season. Yeah. I mean, this was a tough situation because I think what it really comes down to is defensively, the Cowboys were a man team this year. They wanted to run man coverage, but Jordan Love was great against man coverage this year. And, They came into the game and they said, you know, we're not going to run a ton of man. We're going to kind of change who we are, try to confuse Jordan Love, get him to throw a pick or two, something like that. And it just didn't work. Um, <laughs> he shredded them. I mean, um, he Romeo Dobbs has kind of become an afterthought in this offense, but then they were yeah. like, oh, I guess you can play now and gets 150 yards. Um you know, Christian Watson's kind of in and out of the lineup. He's sort of whatever. But then you've got Jaden Reed, who looks like a good up-and-comer. Dontavion Wicks is like a solid player. Like, there's something to be said about all these young, pretty talented receivers, you know, kind of just collectively getting the job done. Um, You know, in terms of McCarthy, it's like, this is who he is. Like we saw this with the Packers. He's a good regular season coach. He gets you a good offense. Um, you know, I think the players like him, but it's just like he he doesn't have this big game gene in him. And it just feels like, you know, the Cowboys were unprepared. It, you know, it, it's so cliche, but it felt like they just wanted it less. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like it just felt like they didn't come into the game thinking this is a playoff game. We have to, you know, whoop them, you know, like, I I don't know. I just, I don't get it. And then it's just like every time the Cowboys lose with no exception, they will put up 400 yards of garbage time off. Um, I don't know. I think, I don't think Dak is the problem, but I don't think he's someone in a big game that you're like, this guy's going to carry us. I don't think, you know, the run game is a problem, but I don't think it's good enough. I, I don't think yeah. the defense is a problem, but I don't think it's ultimately good enough, especially without, you know, digs. Like, I don't know. It just, they're a bit big play dependent, especially on defense. It's more of a stars and scrubs type approach. Um, yeah. You know, you got the corners, you've got Micah, you've got Lawrence. It's like, it seems like it's such a great defense, but then there's some guys starting that you're like, oh, you probably shouldn't be starting. <laughs> um, You know, some of the linebackers, stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I, I This was a very surprising result besides for the fact that the Cowboys always seem to choke in the playoffs. I, I think the exact words I texted you were death taxes and Cowboys always choke. Yeah. <laughs> um 
which is really just the best way I can put it, to be honest. I mean, like, this is just always what the Cowboys do. It feels like the Packers own them in the playoffs. Um, it also, I, I was thinking about this, like, why do the Packers, Niners, and Cowboys always end up playing each other in the playoffs? Yeah. It's some combination of those teams every year. Um, but what were your thoughts on this great, great day? Yeah, I mean, it was uh... – I was I was very surprised. I thought the Cowboys were gonna win pretty handily. Um, you know, I think Jordan Love is the, the story of the game. I mean, you know, a few weeks into the season, that Raiders game specifically, I think, you know, a lot of people, including us, were kinda, you know, ready to almost, you know, turn the page on him and, you know, we're just kinda like, Okay, you know, he sat for a few years, you know, there's just nothing nothing there. But I mean, he's responded and just these last, you know, I, I forget how many weeks it was, but over like the last six games or so or something like that, he had like 14 touchdowns, one interception or something like that. Like just unbelievable play. Um, and, you know, he's sent himself to up to get paid. He's going to be, you know, probably be the guy there long term, I would imagine. So props to him. And, you know, he's doing it with, you know, one of the – are they the youngest team in the NFL? I think I they are, yeah. So. Yeah, which is crazy how quickly they kind of had that um, overturn. But, you know, even in a rebuilding year, this team has found a way to make the playoffs, make the divisional round. Um, you know, there's a lot of young talent. I think, you know, outside of Aaron Jones, they still do, I think, you know, need to find someone that can replace, like, the Devontae Adams superstar role that, you know, left when he left. Um, just because I think, you know, a lot of those guys are great, you know, supporting cast, but, you know, can they win a Super Bowl with that group of receivers? Probably not. Uh, but there's a lot of talent. I mean, one of these guys could emerge. And, um, you know, Romeo Dobbs has had a great year. Obviously, it seems like Christian Watson was the guy people thought would emerge. And he's really had a bad year with injury and just whatnot. Um, but defense played pretty well. I mean, you know, obviously the score kind of got out of hand in, you know, garbage time. You know, tack through for 400 yards. But, like. He, he didn't play very well. I mean, he, he struggled in the first half. And I like what you said. I think, you know, I don't think Dak's the issue. I mean, I think this was a bad game from Dak, which didn't help. But, you know, again, their defense got cooked. Um, you know, Dak didn't put the defense in the best position sometimes to win this game. But, you know, kind of is what it is. And, you know, ultimately, Dallas, another year in, in the drain, um, you know, this core, you know, I think they basically still got everyone. I mean, there'll be a few, like, kind of veteran probably pieces that, you know. I think. Oh, Pollard is a free agent, I guess. And I believe Tyron Smith might be a free agent. Okay. So, a few pieces. I mean, I think Tyron Smith is a great player, obviously. Um, but, you know, I they can probably figure it out without him, I guess. is what, Like, none of the, you know, core key skill position i guess tony pollard but he didn't really have a good year so yeah um and with the running back market i mean they could probably bring him back at the end of the day if they want to so yeah it'll be interesting to see what they do i was surprised they get mccarthy i just thought you know with those expectations and you know obviously offense was great this year but you know it just felt like you know coming up short again um was going to get him fired especially with all the high name high coaches head coaches out there i mean this I think as good a year as any to fire your coach. Um, so I was a little surprised, but yeah, I, I don't need to keep rambling on about this one. Um, it was definitely a fun game to watch. Very surprising. Um, 
Moving on to the next game. This one was the, the best game of the weekend for sure. Rams, Lions, the Matt Stafford homecoming. I mean, Stafford played a hell of a game, got banged up throughout, threw for 367 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Puka Nakua, 181 yards receiving. I mean, pretty crazy. It's crazy how Cooper Cup also this year is just like the downturn in production. Like he had five catches, 27 yards. I mean, I, I don't know if it's age, injury, or just like – because it was, I don't want to say it was like his year was his crazy, you know, triple crown year was a fluke. Because that's, you know, it's impossible to to do that. But they, you know, a little bit of product of the system potentially. Um, but Jared Goff gets it done. Lions win their first playoff game, and I don't even know how many years. It's fifty years, something like that. Or am I off? It's been a while. I don't know. We weren't um, alive. Yeah, we definitely weren't alive. Um, I don't know. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson, two sacks. Jared Goff kind of got just got it done. Your thoughts on this one? And, you know, I think we both had picked the Rams last week. So there you go. Another outside the arena. There. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like the Lions are just so they're so maximized. It feels like it feels like they're about as good as they could possibly be on both sides of the ball in terms of like their talent it, it's just not super incredible but Amon Ross St. Brown is is a stud I mean just a stud um and obviously we'll talk about Puka Nakua in a sec but um you know this offense is just really dynamic they have good playmakers everywhere Goff is the perfect point guard and they're so well coached Ben Johnson's absolutely gotta be a head coach in this league in my opinion um and their defense was just good enough. Um, what I will say is on that third and 14 play, um, you know, the Rams last drive, I believe it was. I I don't love going for the first down exactly where they were because it was kind of a low percentage play where if you don't get it, you have to punt it away to a great running team that could just run out the clock, which they did, yeah. I believe. I don't the Rams didn't get the ball back, right? No, they didn't. Okay. Um so you know, you, you if you get like seven yards, you could kick a field goal. If you get ten yards, you could go for it. If you get five yards, you could go for it. I, I just think getting a short, safer gain in that situation is is a much better play than going for the first down where you have to punt it away and risk not getting the ball back if you don't get it. Um I, I don't know. I, hindsight's obviously twenty twenty. Like I don't want to dwell on what Sean McVay's decision was versus what my decision would be. Like obviously, Sean McVay has forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. But <laughs> I I just wondered like was that necessarily the best move in that situation? Uh, besides yeah. that, gutsy Stafford from gutsy gutsy stuff, gutsy performance from Stafford. Um. Obviously, Puka Nakua is just a stud, man. Like, I was thinking about this. Like, there's no receiver really like him. Like, he's like kind of like a physical, you know, ball winner type. But then he's also like this slot separator type, and he's an incredible blocker. And he is great after the catch. Like, he's a beast. I think he's gonna yeah. be a stud. I think Cooper Cup now becomes. I, I don't think Cooper Cup has another, like, 1,200-yard season. I'll be honest. No. I don't think he has another great season in him. Um, he's up there in age at this point. He he's is like up 30, there. probably. Right? Yeah, so. he's, and he's also dealt with his fair share of injuries. Yeah, yeah, he'll be 31 next year. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't even be surprised if he gets, like, 
cut. Traded. That's, I don't know about that. They love Cooper Cup there. They do love Cooper Cup. I don't know. The Rams are in. He's not that bad. I don't think he's. No, that not bad. not because he's bad, but he, he's Just probably on a wise. massive contract, right? Yeah, but they probably can't even cut him because of it. He's probably got that's so much true. guarantee. That's true. That's that's definitely true. Um, I don't know. Cooper Cup's future is something to look out for. Would be something I would say. Not. I don't. I. You're right. I don't think he gets cut, but. Could they try to restructure something? I don't yeah. know. Um, you know, I, I don't know. The Rams are a good team. It just feels like they're missing, like, one more star, like a star edge rusher, you know, a star offensive yeah. lineman, like someone who could really help dominate in the trenches. Maybe an offensive lineman could be huge for them just because that line is older and, you know, not super talented. Yeah. Um, but you know, they're a good team. They surprised everyone this year. I expect them to honestly have a similar season next year. Um, they yeah. drafted really well. Uh, obviously like Nakua, Kyron Williams, two years ago, some of the defensive linemen, um, some of the defensive backs, they've picked up guys off the street who've been productive. Like they're going to figure it out. I think, I think they'll be fine, but, um, obviously sucks that they didn't get to win this one. Um, yeah, those are my thoughts. Yeah. Um, you know, you bring up the Puganakua. I, I don't know if you saw, there was a cool video that went around of the Rams draft room when they were drafting him and just talking about, um, you know, it was between McVeigh and um, who's the GM, Les Snead or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. If anyone hasn't seen it, go search it up. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think. You know, I'll start with the Rams. Um, you know, we both counted them, counted them out. I mean, them and the Texans, like people were talking about these teams as, you know, teams in the running for that first overall pick. And, you know, we probably should have never been saying that about the Rams with Matt Stafford. I think this was a year where, you know, Matt Stafford reminded us who he is. You know, he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, you know, he he's a, he's a great player um, at the end of the day. Um, this team – the future is bright. I mean, it, it it's it's fun when these rebuilding teams like, or you think they're in a rebuild, and then it's like, no, they actually have like superstars. Um, offensively, you know, Nakua and Kyron Williams. I mean, that's a heck of a young core to have for the future. Um, obviously, like you said, Cooper Cup on his way out. Higby tore his ACL in this game, which you know sucks. Prayers up to him. Um, so you know. It'll be interesting to see, I think, in the next few years. You know, I don't think you need a successor ready yet. But after seeing kind of, you know, what happened this year with Jordan Love, he sat for a few years. You got to wonder when Sean McVay starts to kind of get that succession plan going because Stafford is getting up there in age. I think he's, was he 36 this year or, you know, he's around, he's up in he's upper 30s. He could be even older. Yeah. He is uh, I think 35, 30. so he's got to be 36, yeah. So he's probably still got, you know, a few good years left. I can see him kind of going the Aaron Rodgers type route where he's still pretty good up until, you know, close to 40. Um, but, you know, that that's just one thing that I thought of. Like you said, defensively, um, it's a young unit, you know. I love our boy Russ East, but, like, you know, he's probably not an a NFL starter. Um, so, you know, not to dig on him, but I just don't, you know, for a championship winning team, you know, he's probably better and, you know, on the sidelines to start, but um, you know, I think there's, you know, a few, few spots on defense where they need to upgrade and, you know, that's going to come with, you know, them just drafting and 
I don't know what their pick situation is. I mean, I know they've they have all the of them trenches. Now. They're they're good now. Wow. Yeah. So they're set then, honestly. Like, you know, this is a team that, you know, they sold their soul for that Super Bowl and now they've kind of recovered and now you got a young core too, and now you got all your picks back. So it's gonna be really fun to watch. Um so props to them. It was a great season. Um fun team too, really fun offense, I think, which is, you know, always fun. And then the Lions, um, you know, it ended up that that, you know, ineligible receiver, you know, didn't matter because they get their second home playoff game, which is good. Um, I think I think that's just, you know, that's just the world, you know, proving that I don't know what I'm trying to say. Regardless, um, this is a good like I don't I feel like we kind of got off the Lions train for a little bit. Like this is a good team. Like they've got they play really hard. You know, they got, you know, playmakers on the defense, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, CJ Gardner Johnson, Brian Branch. Like those are they got solid players. And then the offense is just like you said, so efficient. I think Ben Johnson, you know. I feel like he'll end up as the commander's head coach if I had to guess. Seems kind of the way it's it's trending, but obviously, you know, that won't be finalized until his time until the season's over in the Lions. Um, they've run the ball so well but with Montgomery and Gibbs. I mean, you know, outside of Amon Ra, you know, you know, it doesn't like you wouldn't be like, Oh my god, this receiving core is so good, but like Josh Reynolds and, and James I know Jameson Williams is kind of a I don't want to say disappointing. He's still finding his footing, it feels like, in the NFL. But those guys are, are really solid. Laporta, obviously, has been huge. I mean, again, another young team that drafted well. Um, you know, people were were bashing the Lions draft. I get it. Um, you know, they probably picked some guys in spots they, they couldn't have. But look how it turned out. I mean, you ended up with, with guys, playmakers like Laporta, Gibbs. I mean, I don't think they're they're regretting anything at the end of the day. So, negative season uh, for the Rams and Excited to watch the Lions keep going because, you know, I think they have a very winnable game with the Bucs, um, who we'll talk about in a sec. This next game, Bill Steelers, I mean, to be honest, I don't even know how much there really is to talk about this one. I feel like this is just kind of a game where a lot of people knew the outcome. I, I think everyone knew the outcome before it started. You know, Bills are going to win. Allen looked good. Um, you know, it's really – Stephon Diggs is just like – they just like – I know he had seven catches, but it's like 50 yards a game at this point. It's so – that you, you know, if they lose this weekend, I feel like he might be asking asking for a trade. Yeah. yeah. Um, which then it's like, holy cow, what do you do? Because then you're, I mean, you look at these other receivers. Kincaid had a good game, but then you got Deontay Hardy. You know, Cleo Shakir is a pretty good player, but then like Latavius Murray, Dawson Knox. Like it's, I know Gabe Davis is out, but it's like, oh my god, like it's kind of kind of narrow. James Cook's the dog, though. Um, I don't know. I don't really got much to say on this one. Steelers, like. They do it again. They made the playoffs. Good season for them. They got a quarterback, you know, decision. You know, I mean, I think it's clear that Pickett's kind of done. Um, so they got to get someone, whether that be, you know, if they really want to contend, you got to move on and, and try to find a new guy. And it seems like that's the way they're trending. So that'd be good. But that's all I got on this. What do you got? I'd like to congratulate Russell Wilson on being the Steelers 2020 <laughs> quarterback. That's all I got to say. Um that's definitely happening. Um, and yeah, the Bills, you know, Gabe Davis is a free agent. Um, and like we said, there's some potential turmoil with Diggs that's kind of been building up for a couple of years, but I don't know. Um, yeah, it, it feels like something's a little weird there, but the rest of the pieces are good complementary pieces and they're kind of being used 
they're kind of like the Falcons right now in a, a little bit where they like use their star as a decoy and then use their complementary pieces as the stars. Yeah. But it's kind of working because their complementary pieces are really good. Like I think Shakir's like a, a really good like third receiver. I think Kincaid's gonna become a great tight end. Um, and I think James Cook's a really good running back. So I think they have some guys, but it's like you're right that for this team to really reach its potential, you probably gotta get digs, you know, 10 to 12 targets a game. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't really have anything else to say about this. Um yeah. Well, We'll move on to the last game of the slate. Uh, a, a depressing one. Um, I mean, holy fuck! I mean, <laughs> one of the all time, one of the all time collapses of the season. Maybe ten and one to bounced in the first round. And Baker Mayfield. I mean, he looked like Tom Brady out there. You'd have thought Tom Brady came back for an extra year. Three hundred thirty-seven passing yards, three touchdowns. Uh, you know. They had a lot of long plays. I mean, David Moore had a really long reception for a touchdown. Trey Palmer's only catch was a 56-yard touchdown. You know, it wasn't even – Evans and Godwin only combined for uh, 93 yards. So, they didn't even burn them that much. Um, you know, Hurts, you know, it's not like he had the turnovers. It just was like the offense just could not move. They were over 9 on third down. I mean, that is – probably says it all right there. Um Sirianni, it seems like he's returning, which I, I, I can't say. Um, I know a lot of Eagles fans want him gone. I think it would have been insane for them to fire him. I understand why, um, but I think you got to at least give the guy another year. But, I mean, I'll let you take it away. Just a a, a crazy turn of events. Your thoughts on, on the game, the Eagles season, and where what they have to do this offseason. I mean – I kind of out laid out the plan as cut everyone that sucks and get aggressive as you can. Um, obviously, it starts with finding new coordinators offensively and defensively. That's not even a question in my mind. Yeah. Um, I think you got to kind of abandon the only drafting the trenches strategy. Um this team is desperate for a good young cornerback. This team is desperate for a good young linebacker. This team yep. is desperate for um, just more good starters who are young and under contract. And you got those guys in the draft. And, you know, this team has a decent amount of money, but I don't know. I I think they're going to end up saving most of this money, knowing they're going to have to pay, pay a Landon Dickerson, pay a Devonte Smith, pay some guys in a couple of years. Um, I don't know. I just, you're going to have to get really good coordinators. Um, you know, Jesse Minter, the DC from Michigan, he may become Michigan's head coach, but if he doesn't become the head coach there, um, if Harbaugh leaves, then maybe he could be the DC. Maybe a Vrabel could be our DC. Um, I have I have less names for the offensive coordinator spot. Uh, I think most of those guys are head coach type candidates. But could you get you know the Dolphins' offensive coordinator because he's not the play caller technically? Um, yeah. I maybe something like that. I I I don't know. I this is not. This is a team that needed to be really good this year because they were always probably going to be slightly worse next year. 
Um, this is a team that needed to win last year because they were going to be much worse the next year. Um, you know, just missed opportunities. You can't get on third down. You have no answer for the blitz. Um, you have nothing over the middle of the field. It's just, there's just a really badly coached team right now. I'm genuinely was not surprised at all by the outcome of the game. I wasn't even that upset. I mean, it wasn't, I wasn't expecting us to play much better than that. That hadn't, we hadn't shown that that, that was what we were uh, for the last month or so. And I, I don't know where you go from here. I mean, like, this is a tough spot to be in. Um, I, yeah, you do got to give Sirianni another year probably, but like, again, is the best move for this franchise getting a Ben Johnson? Maybe. I, I don't know. Um, It's insane to consider it, but like, that's, this is what happens in the NFL. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I think it would be less crazy to fire Sirianni than it was to fire Vrabel. I, that, yeah, I but I I do think it would be pretty crazy, and I and I think the way you saw everyone stand up for Sirianni goes to show to me how much you know the players still respect him and they still want him here, and it could go badly if you fire the coach that they all really like. So that's something else. Um, I'm kind of done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. Look, you know, I'll talk about the Eagles, but credit to the Bucs. I mean, they, they came out, you know, I, I didn't think they were going to put up anything after week 18. I mean, they beat the Panthers 9 nothing, And then you come out and it, it was an offensive explosion. I mean, it was, it was insane. Um, so props to them. I mean, they could make some noise. I mean, I, I think they could. We'll see. Um, Philly, yeah. I mean, you had it last week. You had the prediction for the last few weeks. Like, I – I still did not believe this team was as bad as they were playing. I just thought the star star power of the team would pull through, and I mean it didn't. Um, you know, obviously AJ Brown was out. I don't think that necessarily would have changed anything in this one. Um, you know, it's. I think you know you bring up with the draft and stuff like that, and. I think Howie Roseman's an incredible GM, one of the best in the game. I think in the last year or so, he's gotten caught up with the big name and, and going after that well-known player. Um, we kind of saw it in the draft a little bit, too, I feel like. I mean, he drafted all these, uh, you know, the whole Georgia team, it felt like. Um, and, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Ringo was good this year, but, I, you know, I guess he was like a fifth rounder. But still, like, you know, the Jalen Carter pick was great. That was a, obviously he's a stud. Um, but you know, outside of that, it feels like maybe I'm wrong. Obviously, you watch the team more closely than me. But in the last year or so, it's just like none of these guys they brought in have really, you know, made a huge difference. Um, Kelsey, it seems like is going to retire um, based on you know everything, the reports and the podcasts and just how emotional he was. Um, which obviously, you know, they got probably the best insurance plan in Dickerson ready to go. But, you know, you will need someone to replace him at the guard position. Um, right. You know, the defense, you know, you're going to have to make some moves there. Um, you know, cornerback, I mean, James Bradbury. Uh, oh, my God. I mean, it was funny. The, Gilly the Kids video was, was very funny. I enjoyed that one where he was <laughs> talking about how Bradbury told him he was ready and, you know, 
ready for vacation. Um, I think that he put it perfectly. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, the secondary needs some work. Obviously, the linebackers probably need some work. Um, the D line is, you know, probably good enough. Um, but yeah, there's there's work to be done. I think it's just crazy how different. You know, a year ago today, you know, I think everyone, you know, the Eagles were about to go to the Super Bowl and, you know, this team felt unbeatable and not trying to, you know, like, just like trying to, you know, compare, not trying to, you know, upset you here. But, um, you know, it's just crazy how quickly things happen in the NFL. I mean, I don't think anyone saw this coming. Um, You know, they do still have you know, a lot of, a lot of good players on this team. I mean, Hurts, obviously, um, you know, I feel like he's kind of started to get like, maybe he was just a little overhyped last year. And, you know, is he as good as some of these guys? Probably not, but he's still an incredible quarterback. Um, AJ Brown and Devonta Smith are incredible. Gallaudert's one of the best tight ends. The O-line's still great. Um, The D-line, you got Jalen Carter, like I mentioned, like there's a lot of talent on this team. Um, You know, it's not all doom and gloom. I think, the loss of the coordinators was bigger than people realized. Um, and I think this defense is just old right now. And at the end of the year, I think, you know, it just caught up to them, you know, in the beginning of the year, they were probably a little more fresh able to, you know, make the play here. But I think, you know, the wear and tear of an NFL season clearly was just too much for some of these guys on, on this defense who are, you know, up there in age and have played a lot in the NFL. Um, so we'll be interesting to see what they do. I like what you said about, you know, just being, Getting, they have to get younger on defense and, and just more athletic, I think. And, you know, Bradbury and, you know, is Slay a free agent or is he, you know, under contract? He's under contract, but he's probably going to get cut. Okay. So fresh corners next year for, for Philadelphia, which will be good. So we can move on um, unless you got any other thoughts. I'm I'm ready to move on. All right. Yeah. A good breakdown. I mean, we've already talked about all these teams, so I mean, I don't think that our predictions will necessarily last too long, but that's fine. Texans, Ravens. Um, I'll start. I'm going to pick the Ravens. Um, you know, don't let their buy forget you. Don't let the buy forget just how good this team was this year. I even myself has doubted this team, but the way they played at the end of the year was just, I mean, insane. They were just beating up on the best of the best. They played Houston week one, so it's tough to take out anything out of that matchup because that was Stroud's first start. I think it was raining, too. Like, I, I don't know. But, um, look, Stroud can get this done. I agree with what you said earlier. I just think this Ravens defense, you know, we saw him dice up the Cleveland one, though. So now I'm talking myself in the, you know, Stroud a little bit. I think the spread in this is – uh, plus nine and a half or minus nine and a half for Baltimore, which I think is, I would bet, you know, Houston plus nine and a half. I think, I don't think Houston's getting blown out. I think it'll be a pretty close game. So I still will pick the Ravens. So I just think, you know, Lamar, I think this is his kind of year in his shot to to finally push through and, and get to the Super Bowl. So I think this team is uh, well positioned to do so. And Houston's kind of magical season comes to them. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to – I'm not counting out the Texans, man. I said it, and I think what happens here is the Ravens go up early and then the Texans fight back and it ends up being a pretty close game. I think the Ravens are going to come out, you know, well-rested, well-prepared. Lamar maybe has a big play, but then it's like 
and it kind of looks like it's going to be a blowout, but then the Texans just keep fighting because they're the yeah. Texans and they, they have no quit. They're really well coached. Miko Ryan's a great coach. Um, Not something I, I touched on a ton earlier, but yeah, I still ultimately am going to go to the Ravens here. It just feels like their defense is so much better than the Texans defense. Um, The one thing I will say is if the Ravens go down in this game, uh-oh, because their tackles, particularly Ronnie Stanley, as weirdly as I'm saying that sounds, has struggled this year. And the Texans edge rushers have been pretty good. I could imagine a world where that, you know, they're they just don't have enough time if they're constantly throwing it. Um it is Lamar who's super hard to sack, yeah. obviously. Um, but I could see that being a scenario. That being said, yeah, I'm going with the Ravens here. Um, yeah. I think it's pretty close though. Yeah. Um, and then the night game, the night game is is the Niners, right? Yeah. Okay. So we have the Niners against the Packers, similar spread here. Um, you know, I think yeah, I I I I I'm rooting for the Packers very hard in this one. Um, but I, I just don't see the Packers. I feel like the magic kind of runs out a little bit. I think the Niners, like we said with Ravens, are going to come out really well prepared, really pissed off. Um, this is obviously a super, you know, well coached, well prepared team. They're coming off a bye. They rested a lot of their starters in week 18. You know, maybe they're a bit rusty, but I just don't feel like that's the way this Niners team is going to come out. Um, you know, maybe a Cowboys team would, yeah. come out, but I, I don't think that's how the Niners are built. Um, yeah, I think the Packers might be one cornerback short here in terms of maybe you're putting Jair on Ayuk a lot, but then Debo's getting open or Kittle's getting open or McCaffrey out of the backfield or McCaffrey running or something, some combination of any of their elite playmakers going off. Um, it's also the playoffs, so I'd expect them to use Debo in the run game a little bit more. Um you know, they don't want to pull that out a ton in the regular season. But now, you know, with the chips down, I think he'll probably get five to ten carries maybe. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I'm going with the Niners here. I unfortunately think they probably cover the spread. Um, just, yeah, I, I think the Packers are a good team, but they're not most well-built team and complete ro- roster in the NFL. So yeah. that's why I'm going with the Niners here. What about you? I mean – San Francisco, I'm picking San Francisco. Um, I'm just going to say, like, this is, like, the if they don't make the Super Bowl this year, like, yeah. they are, like, like that is a disaster. Like, it is wide open for them. Like, you're playing the seven seed in the first round, and then you're going to play. The Lions are a good team, but either them or the Bucks, and it's just, like, it feels like they should just steamroll to the Super Bowl. Like, it, they really should, like. And now that I'm saying that, they'll probably get bounced today. But, you know, they really should, like, you know, I think the only team that should really, you know, the Lions would be a good fight. But, like, I still think they beat them. And then, you know, whoever is in the Super Bowl, I think, would be a formidable opponent. Um, But they should be able to get to the Super Bowl, especially now that, you know, I know the Eagles obviously kind of downturned. But for a while, it was, you know, 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles. That's what we thought. And now it's they're the lone wolf standing. So it's. You know, there's no reason why they shouldn't make the Super Bowl, in my opinion. And also, like, I mean, this this team 
now I'm just talking – I'm not even talking about the game because I do think they'll win by, like, two touchdowns in this, kind of like you said. Um, you know, I just think offensively it's such a tough attack. And defensively, you know, I don't think there's as much, you know – I don't know if wishy-washiness is, or just like inconsistency, I guess is what I was looking for with, as the Cowboys, like you said, the Cowboys are more, you know, boomer bust. And we saw them kind of get cooked at times. Whereas I feel like San Francisco, you know, the Baltimore game was pretty rough, but this isn't a defense that really gets, you know, you know, destroyed or, or, you know, you know, and there's not really any tough corner match. Like there's good receivers, but like Traverius Ward and them should be able to handle them regardless. Um, you know, if this San Francisco team doesn't win a Super Bowl with this young core and just this group of guys of CMC, you know, Kittle, Debo, uh, Trent Williams, uh, you know, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, I think it would be one of the biggest disappointments in NFL history. I think this is as loaded as a roster as we've kind of seen in recent time, just in general for the last few years. Obviously, they made the one Super Bowl, um, but you know, if this team can't get it done, that would be, this should be, you know, I think, you know, obviously Purdy is, is a great quarterback. I do think he's pretty good, but like if this team just had an elite quarterback these last few years, I know, you know, cap wise, it might not have worked out with everyone, but they probably would, you know, we'd be talking about them as a dynasty and it's just been quarterback play that held them back. Um, so that's a little tangent of a rant there, but you know, it'll be interesting to see if Purdy is good enough to get it done because, you know, they should be able to get it done. Um, moving along, Bucks Lions. Um, this is an interesting game, honestly. I'm kind of torn on it. I don't know what the line is. I'm sure the Lions are favored at home. I mean, that About place six. was rocking. Six. Yeah. Interesting. 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 Um, I'll start with you here, Dev. What do you think? I'm going with the Bucks. Um, I don't know why. Well, I do know why. I don't know why. I <laughs> I'm about to explain why. Um, it feels weird is 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 what I was trying to say. It feels weird that the Bucks are potentially an NFC championship team. Um, but the Lions really struggle against the Blitz. Um, you know, it makes sense. Goff isn't some elite ex- play extension type quarterback. And we saw it with the Eagles. When you have a really good offensive line, sometimes the best answer is just to send one more guy than they have. So someone is going to get there. Um, you know, they're, they're good at drawing up unblocked blitzers. It feels like this could be a game where Goff just struggles a little bit. Baker's got some magic. He's playing pissed off. I think Evans has a big game. I don't think they have anyone that can really stop Evans. I just, I feel like the Bucks are, are kind of in a good position in terms of the matchups here to win this game. Um, you know, they don't run the ball well, but that's kind of the only thing the Lions do well on defense anyway is stop the run. They struggle against the pass. So I think they're set up well to pass the ball, maybe all over the yard, blitz Goff, get in his head, and they have a good run defense as well. So I I feel like the Bucks are going to win this one. I do. You're kind of talking me into the Bucks a little bit. I had to look. So these two teams did play earlier in the year. The Lions won 20-6. to six. And just some devil's advocate, Jared Goff in that game, 30 for 44, 353 yards passing, two touchdowns. So fair enough. He, Jared, Jared, <laughs> you know, he got it done. And that was, you know, no Jameer Gibbs that game as well. I'm on Raw, had a huge game. I think we can see that again. And I will pick the Lions. Um, 
you know, I think last week just kind of makes us forget how inconsistent this Bucks, Bucks team was all season. Like this team was teetering in and out of, you know, contention and the first place in the division and they barely beat the Panthers. And, you know, I think last week, you know, if Baker comes out playing like that, like they'll win, they, they will maybe go to the Super Bowl, like, because they have the playmakers, the defense has, you know, a lot of experienced guys, a lot of talent, Winfield Jr., Vita Vea, um, you know, White and Levante David, like the names are there and the talent is there. Um, you know, and they've played for, I mean, the last two weeks, they've given up nine total points. So this defense, you know, it seems like they've probably come together and, uh, you know, kind of glued and meshed. Obviously, Todd Bowles, one of the better coordinators uh, or leaders of the defense. He's obviously not the coordinator there um, anymore. But um, I'm going to pick the Lions. I think, you know, I think they'll just get it done. I think at home is a huge advantage for them. Um, you know, I, I think it just plays in their favor. And I think Jared Goff will just get it done. I don't know. It's kind of just one of those things. I think they'll be able to run the ball pretty well. Um, I don't know. I guess the Bucks are pretty good against the run. But I don't know. I'm just rambling. I think the Lions will just get it done. I know one of those things. Um and final game of the week, and I think the the one everyone's most excited for, Chiefs-Bills. Um, I would assume it's on CBS, but maybe not if it's the late NBC. game. NBC, okay. I guess that tracks. Let me see. Uh, no, it's CBS, yeah. CBS, oh, my um, bad. They, they, no, you're good. I, I just – it it feels like Jim Nance and Tony are always doing oh, the yeah. Chiefs, man. <laughs> I don't know, Jim. Um, I, I – <laughs> Tony Romo, this is a sidetrack, but Tony Romo, I feel like, has gotten a lot of hate in the media this year. I still think he's one of the better uh, color commentators in the game. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy his his, and I think the pairing of him and Nance, like their chemistry, is really good. Um, sorry, that was just the sports broadcasting nerd in me coming out. But um, Chiefs Bills, um, I think these two teams have met twice in the playoffs since Mahomes and Allen have been there. Chiefs are two and zero, but this time it's at. I don't know what the hell is it Highmark Stadium or something like that. I don't know what the hell they're. Yeah, I think called. that's right. Um, I think it is Highmark. Yeah, yeah, Highmark Stadium. Um, but it's in it's in Buffalo. Um, the Bills have been on a roll. I mean, they've had to have won. I wonder how many games it is at this point in a row. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Or no, six. Um, the Eagles, man, they they took the Bills down somehow. That's crazy. That's insane. Um, maybe that means the the the. Uh, the, the the I don't know what I'm saying. Maybe it means the who's who am I trying to say is fraudulent? The Bills, Bills. are fraudulent. Um, Jesus. Um, <laughs> they played earlier in the year, 2017, Buffalo won. Pretty competitive game. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on this one? Pacheco, it looks like, was out for that game. Um, but, yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I, I kind of said it earlier. I'm going with the Chiefs. I just okay. – I don't want to doubt playoff Mahomes anymore. Like, I don't know. He's he's only basically lost to Brady and in the Super Bowl and one time to Burrow. Like, I don't know. The dude is really impressive, obviously. His resume at this point in his career is pretty ridiculous. So, I just, I don't know. If, and it feels like everyone's hyping up the Bills. It feels like we're back on the Bills Super Bowl train. <laughs> So I just lean 
my gut feeling is the Chiefs. Schematically, I think these teams are both going to actually try to run the ball and, and support their quarterbacks a little bit. And then it ends up becoming a game where, you know, the quarterbacks are making plays. I think Mahomes, I just trust him a little bit more. I trust their defense a little bit more. I trust their offensive line a little bit more. The only thing I don't trust more is the playmakers. But like we said, like they're not even getting Diggs involved that much. Is Gabe Davis even playing? No, he's out. He's He's out. So, yeah, that's big, especially with the lack of Diggs involvement. So it's like, I don't know. I just I'm a little worried about this Bills playmaker group as well, which would in, in on paper be their one big advantage over the Chiefs. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with the Chiefs here. What about you? I'm a Chiefs guy, man. I, I've been a big Pat Mahomes guy, big fan of this team. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm drinking the Kool Aid on the Chiefs again for sure. Um, yeah, I I just think. You know, I think the whole road playoff game, I think it's a big deal, but at the same time, I think it's been blown out of proportion. Like, this is still Patrick Mahomes at the end of the day, guys. Like, he'll get it done in an opposing park, in an opposing stadium. Like, I don't think it's that, you know, it's not like Arrowhead is one of the best home field advantages out there, but it's not like, you know, he's lost there twice in the playoffs. It's not like, you know, it's been, you know, total pure domination. Uh, Well, I guess it has, but. You know, I, I don't know. I guess I'm trying to say is I don't think it's as big a deal as people have made it seem. Like you said, I think, you know, Josh has been playing great. Is that almost bad in a way, though? Because he's law of due, has him due for like three picks. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading into that too much. But I think Josh is great. I think James Cook is the difference maker in this one is would be the reason why Buffalo wins. He's been running the ball great. He's been great, you know, in the receiving game. You know, if he kind of controls this game, I think Buffalo wins. If the Chiefs find a way to stop him, I think they'll win easily, to be honest. Um, I don't think, you know, we like you said, Diggs, you know, maybe this is his kind of break back out week, but, like, it just feels like he's kind of just like stuck in, like, six catches, 50 yards a, a week at this point, which is so weird. Um Yeah, and like you said, I think defensively the Chiefs are definitely better than Buffalo. Buffalo's played pretty well. Um, but I think the Chiefs are better. And, yeah, I, I just, like you said, you know, this could be very well one of those games where it's who has the ball last. Um, and I can't wait. I mean, I, I'm super excited for this game. Um, yeah, it's kind of all I got. We're both riding Chiefs. Probably means the Bills will win. Um, but, oh, well. Um, and, yeah, I think with that, we can move on to some NBA talk. Um you know, big week, Pascal Siakam traded the, the Pacers. Um, package going back to Toronto included Bruce Brown, uh, Jordan, Nora, and three first-rounders. So pretty good haul for the Raptors. Um, you know, I think he was maybe the last guy from that championship team to be there. So um, a truly new age in Toronto. Your thoughts on the deal, um, the pairing of Halliburton and Siakam, and, you know, yeah, just your overall thoughts. Yeah, I like this trade for both sides. Um, Quick note on the picks themselves. One of them is, like, the least valuable of four teams' picks, all of which are, like, playoff teams. So it's basically going to be, like, a, a late 20s pick this year. 
the Pacers pick this year, and then the Pacers pick in two years. So not the most valuable first round picks themselves. Um, you'll probably be able to flip Bruce Brown for another first round pick to a contending team. We'll talk about some fits for him in a little bit. Um, but besides that, you know, Siakam is just the perfect fit next to Howell Burton. He's a good play finisher. He can be a screener. He can be a cutter. He can run some of his own offense. And arguably, most importantly, he is a good defensive player, a good big wing, which this team was so desperately in need of. Um, And they played last night. Uh, they played the Trailblazers, who suck, but they, they lost. Um, You know, it was their first game. Halliburton's just coming back from an injury. They didn't shoot very well, whatever. I'm not worried about the loss, but what I will say is it looked like Halliburton and Siakam really, you know, they they had some chemistry. They knew they knew how to play off of each other. And then you've got, you know, you've got shooters like Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, who's a good two-way player. Um, I just think they've got enough pieces. Like probably not a contending team, but they're a win a series potentially type team. Um, and they're young and they still are only going to be getting better. So I, I like this move for them. Um, as for the Raptors, you're getting picks, you're rebuilding, you're probably going to get another pick for Bruce Brown. This makes sense. This is what you got to do. Like this team was never going to compete with Siakam as the best player and Ananobi as the third best player. Like it clearly just didn't work. Um, now you're looking forward to a future of Scotty Barnes and, um, probably Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett and whoever else you're able to draft in the next couple of years. Um, uh, do you want to talk about the Ananobi trade too? Or Yeah, go right into it. Okay. Um, yeah, just cause I was thinking about the Ananobi trade, obviously with the Raptors. Um, I'll start by saying I, when the, when the trade first happened, I was like, Oh wow, this is a great deal for the Raptors because I thought, you know, the pick, involvement would be like a couple of first round picks, but it ended up just being a second round pick. Um, that being said, I still really, really like this deal for the Raptors for the main reason, ultimately being, I think Emmanuel quickly is going to be a great third option type player on, on a really good team. He's, he's like a, I think he's going to be an automatic, like 18, five and five guy. who's a good defensive player can play a lot of minutes. Doesn't, you know, sit out games, doesn't have a huge ego, just a perfect complimentary starter on a good team. Um, I think RJ is still young. He's on a pretty, you know, cheap contract compared to what Ananobi is going to get paid. He's looked good in Toronto so far. And you're getting the Pistons second round pick, which is a second round pick, but that will be probably the 31st pick in the draft. So that's not nothing. Um yeah. As for the Knicks, they've looked really good since this trade. Um, you know, they really needed less guys who are looking to score and more guys who are willing to just fit in. And now you've kind of settled on this lineup with, you know, Brunson and Randall with Ananobi and DiVincenzo, who are both great complementary pieces. It sucks you had to give up quickly, but you probably weren't going to want to pay him what other teams were paying him in the offseason to be a backup player. So I get it. I really do. I think it really hurts to trade quickly as, you know, someone who loves Emmanuel quickly and loved watching him on the Knicks. But 
Um, I think there are some other trade targets they could have. They they have some movable salary in Evan Fournier's $19 million deal, so they can get up to about $20 to $25 million salary. They still have a lot of picks. They still have excess first-round picks um, moving forward. So I'm confident that they can make another move if they want to. They look good right now. They could potentially still be in on a superstar trade if someone becomes available and you still got Brunson, who I think is going to be a great, great. He's built for the playoffs, and he's having a great regular season. So I liked both of these trades for both teams involved, all three. Well, I mean, the Raptors were involved in both trades, so just three teams, but I liked all three of them. Um, Ultimately, I think the Knicks are still a bit short from being contenders, but you're getting better. You're getting a guy that fits more. You're giving yourself a better chance. Like, I don't think trades should be judged from the lens of does this make us a true contender? And if not, it's not worth it at all. Like it's not that black and white. I mean, like, you know, you're going to have to pay Ananobi a lot probably, but he's a great fit with this team and he's already making them a lot better. It's like, that's worth it if you don't have to give up any major draft capital and, you know, RJ Barrett, who wasn't working out in New York and Emmanuel quickly, who, again, like I said, you probably weren't going to re-sign him at the number he was going to get on the open market. So yeah, I get it. I do. Um, I don't know. I just, I love when NBA trades work out how I imagined them. <laughs> uh, I, I texted, you know, Griffin, I's friend, uh, Luke, who's a big Knicks fan. And I said, I think quickly and Fournier will get traded for Ananobi at some point. And it ended up being quickly and uh, RJ plus one pick. So I kind of called it here. <laughs> I I'm a genius. Uh, what can I say? But no, <laughs> Um, I, 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 yeah, I like these trades. Yeah. I mean, I, I, as I've said on this podcast before, I leave the NBA expertise to dev, but, um, you know, real quick, I think, um, the Pacers trade, I like for them. I think, you know, Halliburton is clearly a superstar. It's good to get him another piece like Siakam early on, um, and just kind of see if it fits. If it doesn't, you know, you can maybe not sign him, but I think, you know, the expectation on both sides is probably, you know, a long-term partnership. Um, you know, and like you said, they got good surrounding cast. So this is a team that, you know, like you said, probably not going to be, you know, can they win a playoff series? Yeah, I think they win a playoff series. Can they, you know, go and win three, four playoff series and win the finals this year? Probably not. Um, but ultimately, I do think it's still a really good team um, and a good move for them. Good move for the Raptors, like you said. The Knicks trade, um, you know, as an NBA casual, I was kind of like, whoa, that seems like a lot uh, with RJ and, and quickly. But um you know like you said the og pairing seems like it really fits seems like they're kind of in some trade talks with quentin grimes just trying to get another guard there so you know brunson doesn't have to take on so much of the load even though you know fibs is still going to play him like a thousand minutes a game um but just get someone there um to help out um which i think would be good for them but yeah you know i think the knicks problem and it's like i don't want to be a, sound like a knicks hater but like I just still don't know if this team is going to be good enough to win a championship. Like, I don't know if Brunson is good enough to be the best player on a championship winning team as good as he is. Um, you know, they would really have to, you know, it would have to be one of those teams where it's just like an unstoppable, you know, five group of guys. And 
you know, they're a good team. I, I think they can, you know, go out and win another playoff series. They won a playoff series last year, right, against the Cavs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I think this is more than capable team of of, uh, of winning a playoff series, maybe even two. Um, again, I just don't know if they can win the finals yet. I don't know. And it's just like a tough situation because it's like, will they be able to with this score? Because you're going to end up locking all these guys down. And it's just like, I don't know. You look at the, the the top three teams in the East right now, you know, the Celtics with Jason Tatum and, you know, the supporting cast and Brown, Porzingis, Drew Holiday. And then you got the Bucks with Giannis and Dame and, you know, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez are great players. And then obviously the 76ers, you got probably the, you know, it's Embiid, I would imagine, is the MVP favorite right now. Yeah, I think the odds have it as Jokic, but most of the like okay. ladder or like, like you know the leaderboards or whatever have Embiid. So okay. it's like close, but yeah, I well, mean Embiid's yeah. been going crazy. Maxi's a stud. Like I just don't think you know Brunson is him and Maxi are probably on a similar level. Brunson maybe a little better than Maxi. Um, yeah, I but would, again, that, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. So, um, go ahead. No, you're good. I was just gonna say, you know. Obviously, that's, you know, the Sixers number two. Obviously, you still got Embiid. So, I just don't know if they'll, they've got that, you know, superstar. I think it's kind of a, another spot similar to what the Cavs are in, where it's like they got a really good team, a really good group of guys. And I know they've been playing well recently. Um, but is it good enough to, to win the finals? We don't really know yet. Um, so, we'll see. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. Um, you know, I think – the just competitiveness right now in the NBA is great. Um, you know, it feels like, you know, come playoff time, I think, you know, it's going to be really fun, especially in the, the East is a dog fight, but the West too. I mean, the Timberwolves are the one seed. I didn't even realize that that's insane. Um, with the thunder as the two seed, I mean, pretty crazy. The Clippers have been playing really well. Um, the Lakers are a, a disaster, which is crazy. Uh, not crazy. I mean, it's kind of predictable, but, Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anything else you want to talk about with the NBA? Um, just two things quickly. First yeah. of all, LeBron is coming to Philly. It's happening. <laughs> um, but second of all, just one trade piece I really, really like for basically every team that's in the contention to make a trade. So that being the the Knicks, the Sixers, and the Lakers, I really like Malcolm Brogdon. I I, I think. He's when you look at him, he's a, a 6'5, 230 pound point guard, which is just at, in itself really rare to get a point guard that has that size, a guy that can truly play point guard. And you add on, he's a 40% three point shooter. He's a stout defender who, with that size, can defend multiple positions. He's a good passer. He's been willing to play a six man role on, on you know, he on a good team. He's under contract, but it's not a super expensive contract. And he's not going to take that much to get him. You know, people are talking about DeJounte Murray, who is at a similar salary number for this year, but then his salary goes up even more. He is probably the most overrated defensive player in the league where he's talked about as some, you know, all defense caliber player, but you watch, he's a traffic cone. He's not a good defensive player. <laughs> um, And offensively, he's a good player, but he kind of really needs the ball in his hands, which all of these teams, especially, you know, the Lakers, Sixers and Knicks, it's like, why would they trade for someone who needs the ball in their hand, trade more for someone who's more expensive. And I honestly think Malcolm Brogdon's a better player at this point. 
uh, definitely a better fit. Um, he's been my dream for the Sixers for a while. Uh, could really just be Marcus Morris, Jaden Springer, a promising young prospect, and a pick or two, uh, which really wouldn't hurt the Sixers in terms of their cap space or their draft capital, but it really gives them a great chance to win a championship this season. Um, same thing with the Lakers. I, you know, obviously besides the championship odds, um, I think this could kind of save their season. It, it could honestly be a Rui Hachimura straight up just because he's a younger player who the trailblazers could see as a long-term, you know, high quality role player. Whereas Brogdon, who's, you know, 32 or whatever, isn't going to be there in five years, obviously. Um, you know, I think he could in a way save their season. Um, and with the Knicks, they really need one more shot creator who can play at the end of games. It looks like Grimes might be on his way out. So, again, Grimes and Fournier to match the salary straight up could be a trade that makes sense. Like, all these trades seem to make sense to me. They match up salary-wise. They match up fit-wise. They they all have a need for Brogdon, but he wouldn't have to do too much. Um, You know, I'll just talk about my Sixers really quickly here. Uh. I think with the Sixers, it's like you don't, you know, obviously you have Embiid and Maxi are going to be the two main guys. They're putting up basically 60 points a night, which is ridiculous. Um, but you need, you know, you have Tobias, who's a bit of an inconsistent third option. I still think he can be the third option, but you really want a fourth guy who can create his own shot. So then. Come playoff time, you can always have two of these guys in at all times of the game and basically always have two shot creators with, you know, Batum, who's been a great role player, Marcus Morris, who might be in the trade, but has been a good role player. Covington's been solid. Melton has been solid. Pepev, you know, as much as he kind of gets, he's kind of a meme in a way, but he's been excellent. I mean, excellent. Uh, great two-way player. Uh, Paul Reed's been a good backup center. I mean, I'm gushing about this team because I'm just I'm really excited about their prospects. I really hope this is the year Embiid is able to stay healthy for the playoffs and perform at the level we all know he's capable of. Um I just think he's too good of a player to never have a great playoff run. Yeah. And I think it's gonna happen at some point soon. So those are my thoughts on the NBA. If you have any thoughts on on Brogdon or any of these other guys, feel free to add on. But I, I'm mostly done. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I think you bring up a good point. I think the Knicks would be a great fit for him. Um, I think that'd be a great piece to have and would kind of fit with the vibe they got going on there, too. So, yeah, I mean, I think you covered it well. I, I agree. The Sixers, you know, you know, feels like they got to make a run at some point. You know, they're just too talented and, and Maxie's really come on and. It's a fun team. I think, you know, with Maxi's emergence, at least, you know, with the Simmons disaster and the Harden disaster, you know, Maxi was still playing well, but I think seeing how he's evolved this year and just kind of has taken on that star role is so key for the team and just something to look forward to. And um, yeah, um, I mean, that's all I got. So if you want to wrap things up, that's good with me. Yeah. The one thing I will say about Maxi, which I forgot to bring up, they are playing him a ridiculous amount of minutes. I mean, <laughs> it's like every game that's close, he's playing like 42 minutes. They don't, they, they're mean to Tyrese Porter, <laughs> Maxi, although he loves basketball. Um, Thank you so much for watching. If you made it to this point, make sure you like and subscribe. Um, 
Another good episode. Excited for divisional playoffs. We'll be back next week talking about what happened in the divisional round. Maybe some more trades that might happen in the NBA. We're getting close to that trade deadline. Um, And we'll obviously be previewing conference championship games. We got spring training coming up pretty soon. Yeah. That about a month and a half away, something like that. Yeah, pitchers and catchers report in like, I mean, for the Dodgers, they report in like two, three weeks because they're playing in like Korea. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, exciting time in the sports world. College basketball heating up. Um, yeah. Getting excited for March Madness and conference tournaments and whatnot. So, you know, great time in the sports world. Great time to be plugged into the best sports podcast out there. Thank you so much for watching. Have a good one.